Out of the ashes you will rise. If you feel sad, lost, depressed, finances are in the gutter, social life, you're lonely. Out of the ashes you will rise. Here in my garage, invest in yourself. Always be curious. Don't be a cynic. Sleeping on a couch in a mobile home with only $47 in my bank account. When everything's burnt to the ground, when you're sad, lost, and depressed, and everything's at rock bottom, you get to rebuild the exact and precise way you want the damn thing rebuilt. Health, wealth, love, happiness, each of these four goals. In case you missed the last episode, make sure you go back and check it out. Here's what went down. I like to collect cool cars. The more expensive ones are always better. Rolls Royce, damn better than a Maserati. Before, a long time ago, I couldn't afford anything. I had a Mitsubishi Galant, $6,000. Maserati's better than that. I drove a Bugatti not too long ago. That thing drove nicer than a Rolls at dawn. I got an Aventador. Doesn't drive as nice as that. You get what you pay for. Coming up today. If the world had more people standing up, and that's called righteous indignation. Even people that are supposedly peacemakers, like Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus Christ, Gandhi, they stood up sometimes even to violence and, and put themselves on the line. I'm gonna talk about something a little bit pisses me off, but it reminds me of a good lesson in life. Here's what's gonna happen in life. You're gonna help somebody out, okay? And about a year from the time you help them out, they're gonna get cocky and pretend they did it all on their own. Trust me, especially you entrepreneurs. So I've dealt with this situation more than once. It's on my mind right now for certain reasons. But I've tested many reactions you can have to it, okay? And this is a general reaction when people basically you feel are taking advantage of you or not giving you the gratitude that you deserve for what you did for them. And this is an epidemic in the damn world. And it's basically this. We give you a number one principle. It's an overarching principle so you don't get taken advantage of. A lot of people will tell you that, you know, just rise above it and... I think Michelle Obama said, you know, when people go low, you should go high. Well, there's some truth to that, but everything has a flip side to it. And there's also some real dangers of taking that approach. Believe it or not, scientists have actually solved this problem for you. They've done millions of simulations in something called game theory. And the best reaction you can have in terms of your behavior towards others is called tit for tat. There's a good book on this by Richard Dawkins called The Selfish Gene. And there's other research on it. Basically what it means is you start out nice with people and then you reciprocate. So let's say you help somebody out. Let's, let's do an example. Somebody says, hey man, can you help me move? I'm moving on Saturday. So you start out nice. You're, you make the first move, which is like, sure, you're my friend. I'm gonna help you move. So you move them on a Saturday. A year later, you're moving. So you shoot a chat to that friend, a text to that friend, you say, hey, I'm moving. You mind helping me? If they text you back and say, oh, well, I'm busy right now. I'm not sure I can make it. You can either ignore it. And the problem with ignoring it is one, it will eat you alive and ruin your friendship. Number two, it will give them the license in the future to do it again. So the best thing to do is you have to reciprocate because basically they were not being nice 
So you can be a little bit mean back and be like, I would suggest being not passive aggressive here. Just be straightforward. Just go right back and say, wait a second, I'm a little confused here. You don't have to go into rampage right away, but you can say, I'm a little confused. Last year when you needed help, I showed up and I was super busy. You're just gonna write me a text back that you can, I don't think that's right. And you can appeal to human sense of justice. There's a book by Oren Clough called Pitch Anything. He's a master of helping people raise capital. He's raised over a billion dollars or more for businesses. And he has a good uh, concept of a frames. And so this is the number two tip. When people are taking advantage of you, there's different approaches you can take back. You can yell, you can ignore, um, but you need to react and I think the best way to react is one of these frames that Warren Klopp talks about called the uh, morality frame. So if you use authority frame, if you just say to your friend, hey, well, I moved you, you need to do what I say, people will resist being bossed around. So that's not always effective. But if you appeal to a sense of justice, humans like justice and they don't like to see injustice. There's a great example of this. You know, the President of the United States is probably the most powerful position in the world. And there's a story where Mother Teresa, who was this, you know, pre uh, nun who gave all her money, had no money, had no real power, you know, just was in India helping the poor. One of the presidents, she was at the White House and she was scolding him because she said he wasn't giving enough aid to like India, foreign aid. And all the White House was just watching this little old lady yelling, not yelling, but like sternly talking to the president like a mother. And they were like, nobody does that to the president. You do that to the president, you can be out of the White House and <laughs> maybe off the planet. Depending on which president it was, Nixon might put you to sleep <laughs> since it was assassins. But they said the reason that she could do that is because she was coming from a morality frame as somebody, and you could argue, there, I know there's some books that Mother Teresa is not a good person, retarded books, but whatever. Uh, she could come from that moral frame because she could say, listen, I've given all my money. She took a vow of poverty when she was like 13 years old. She's never had a bank account. She said, I have no money. You have all this wealth. It's not fair that you have it and you won't help 40 million starving children in India. And when that justice kicks in, even the most powerful in the, uh, person in the world shuts up and listens to you. So when you're dealing with people that are taking advantage of you, I suggest you take that number two moral frame. It's very powerful. Better than justice, like do what I say, or better than indignation where you just yell and rant and scream. That doesn't always work. The third thing is, um, at some point, you know, you have to stand up to people. And so, I've tested this. There's a lot of myths out there. People, like I said, I don't totally agree. I, I respect Michelle Obama. I think she's amazing. Maybe she'll be a president one of these days. But going high when other people go low doesn't always work. And I'll give you a classic example to prove this in history. There was a man named Adolf Hitler. Okay? 1937, 1938, 1939, he invaded Poland. Now, you can argue this. It's a long, complicated story about what happened. But the United States decided to take the high ground. Okay, we're gonna let that's you know, okay, we're gonna let that go, da, da, da. Well, Hitler almost took over the world. Sometimes you gotta step up and stand up to people, whatever that might mean. <laughs> that might mean you gotta bring bring the army, bring the military. Sometimes you gotta stand up to people and say, listen, <laughs> you do that again, you know, you don't have to be violent necessarily, but 
I see these videos of like bullies in school and stuff like that. I'm like, where's all the kids, other kids, even if you're not this moral crusader, you see a little kid getting picked on by a big kid. There's no other big kid that just wants to be like, don't pick on someone your own size. If the world had more people standing up, and that's called righteous indignation. And you see that even people that are supposed peace, uh, peacemakers, like Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus Christ, uh, Gandhi, they stood up sometimes even to violence and, and put themselves on the line. I'm not gonna get into the pacifist. You know, Malcolm X had a different approach than Martin Luther King Jr. He was a little more violent, but the point is they both stood up to it. And, and it'd be a better world we lived in where people stood up to it. So you can just start in your own little world. If you have a friend, and this situation that made me think of this whole thing, who you did a lot for, and then basically the situation that I have, I won't go into it in business, is I did a shitload for somebody. I'm sure I made them 10 to 50 million dollars. 10 to 50, five fucking, oh, not five, not 500,000. You know, and then when, when, I, when I took a little bit from them, maybe something that helped me make another million bucks, they're getting all like, did you take this from me? I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, I made you 50 motherfucking million dollars. <laughs> Shit, I have a mentor, Joel Salton. If Joel Salton came and I found out he had taken an idea from my business, I would call him up and be like, did that make you a million bucks, Joel? Make you a hundred grand? That's the least I could do for you. You mentored me when nobody believed in me. You know, when I was just starting out at 19. So take every trick and secret that I have. And I don't stand for that shit anymore. One of the reasons I became an entrepreneur is I got enough money now, nobody can tell me what to do. I don't have to kiss anybody's butt. I don't care who comes in here. It could be the richest man in the world. They're being a dick, I'm gonna be like, bye. You know? And so I think that's an important thing. And what happens is, this is why I believe, speaking back to this bully issue, the number one thing that should happen is they should teach kids Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, especially the runtiest kids. So if you got a kid that's not that strong, don't be telling your kid to take the damn high ground and just be above it all while he gets beat the crap out of him this whole 10 years of going from elementary. Forget that. Enroll your six-year-old in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm telling you, it'll take about one or two years. My friend, my friend Joe, he got his seven-year-old. You know what I'm talking about, Craig? Joe's little son, he's seven years old. He's this little kid, he's not big, and he is destroying people. So. He's, an, he's a little bit on the small side. I mean, he's small. He's gonna be real short for his age by the time he gets 14. But by the time he's 14, he's gonna have the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu ear. You know, he's gonna be a little caught. He's gonna be probably operating that, well, you can't get a blue belt. Eh? But he's gonna be a badass. And so people are gonna leave him alone. So you can't always just, these, this hyper simplification of human relations where it's like, oh, just always take the high ground. No, it doesn't work. It didn't work in history. It almost got us blown up in Pearl Harbor. You know, you gotta stand up. And America made that mistake in two wars. World War I, we didn't enter the war until two years after. World War I was 1914 and 1918. It ended in November 11th at 11 a.m. on 1918. My grandma was born, she was born during World War I. America didn't come in until 1916. Millions and millions of people died because America should have, and I'm, I'm not, it's hard to go in hindsight, but we should have stepped in earlier and stopped the fight. And then we had to do it again in World War II. But World War II, 200 million people were displaced by the time America got in because Pearl Harbor basically wiped out our entire Navy. People don't realize that. It took us two years to rebuild ships. 
we were lucky. We had one of our fleets out on on doing some training exercises. If they would have all been in at Pearl Harbor, Japan would have pretty much wiped out. So this concept of always play defense, always be the pacifist, no. I I, I was uh, here in Norway. There were some kids that I was with, these four kids that follow my stuff, and they were kind of bullying one of the other kids. And I just told the kid, I said, the, the smaller kid, I said, dude, trust me. I don't care what your parents say. What your priest says, go take some box. I told him, do Muay Thai and do Jiu Jitsu and lift a little bit of weights. You know, you only got to smack down one bully. And when I was in high school, first came to North Carolina, there was just one, two bully, identical twins. And they'll bully everyone on the bus. I never forget, I was in freshman year. And they finally, they usually didn't, for some reason, I don't know if I was a new kid, they left me alone, but one of them smacked me in the back of the head. And I, they were so surprised. I turned around, jumped out of the thing and grabbed them both together, they weren't that big. And I threw them and pinned them down and hit both of them. I, I hit them 30 times. And dude, it was funny, I became the hero. Of, it was at Enloe High School in the inner city. I didn't even, it wasn't planned. And I'm not suggesting you hit somebody 30 times because you don't have to always do it, literally. But take think, think about women. Here's a good example. One out of three women, according to statistics, is, is somehow assaulted by a man raped, demented, whatever hit, whatever intimidated. Uh, you ever seen Holly Holm? Ain't nobody intimidating her. Ronda Rousey? No, women should train in martial arts, all women. You know, the, you need to bring back the concept of the Amazon. Then men, uh, I was watching this video of this black belt jujitsu girl. Woo, I'll tell you, I challenge any dude to try to take advantage of this girl. She's going to wrap you up and snap your arm, man, with an arm bar. She, she, it was funny. And and uh, I got I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under a guy named Higa Machado. I got my blue belt on him. And he told me there's a girl in Brazil that became famous because some a thief came, a uh, guy came up to her late at night. She was going to her car in a parking lot. And he tried to grab her. I don't know if he was going to assault her, what he was going to do. And she, by the time the police got there, um... The police asked how many people beat up this guy. And she was like, it was just me. She destroyed. The guy was like begging the police, like, please take me. You know. So that's a situation, once again, and it has balance. You can't always go to war with people. That's why I said you have to reciprocate. So in that case of your friend texting you back, I can't help you. That's not a situation where you go to war against your friend because maybe they have a legitimate reason that they can't show up. But it's okay to stand. It's okay to voice your opinion and anybody you voice like and you can just say it normal you can call them and be like hey I want to just get this out in the open because we're friends I feel a little bit bothered because I helped you when you need help and you ain't helping me and then let them talk because maybe they say you know I broke my ankle or my my wife's giving birth or something then you're like oh of course you don't want to jump to conclusion but if they don't have a good reason you know you might have to say it might be the greatest revelation you ever had maybe you had a fake friend there's a lot of fake friends out there most people, or many people, care about themselves primarily, narcissistic. So, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself, is what I'm saying, at the end of the day. But but do it in a balanced way, and remember that tit for tat. If somebody's just being a little annoying, you can just be a little confrontative back. So you don't have to escalate it this far. And the interesting thing, in the computer simulation, there's only one exception to that where tit for tat doesn't work in game theory. They used all these computers simulating people's behavior. The one example where it doesn't work 
is um, in a prison. If you go to a prison where everybody is violent, then you have to start out violent and then be nice, then reciprocate. But in the modern world where we live, assuming you're not hanging out with a whole bunch of convicts or gangbangers or just, you know, murderer psychopaths, assuming you're hanging out with somewhat normal people, you always start out nice and then you reciprocate. It's the same like the waitress at this freaking place we're at. Another example. We're here spending money and we were recording a little video and she just came up and was like talking right, there's two tables. And I'm like, hold on, we're recording for a second. Do you mind? I started out nice. I was like, do you mind taking the other table first so we can finish up? And she goes, uh, rolled her eyes. Well, it was lucky she's Norwegian because if she was American, I'd have been like, because because I started out nice. She interrupted us. I didn't get mad. I was just like, hey, do you mind going over there? And then she was like, ugh, acting like a bitch. So I go, now's my turn. What's the opposite of a bitch? A dick. In America, I would have been like, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> I, we're here paying you money. I'm asking a reasonable request. request. Go back to fucking waitress school. Jeez, it's called the hospitality business. You know what that means? You ain't in the fucking <laughs> rude business. It's hospitality. That's what restaurants and hotels are. So sometimes I say, you know what? She got my drift, even though she was in Norwegian. You notice how nice she was for the rest of the thing? I didn't have to say much. Because I looked at her like... And then I looked over at Umi and I was like, you're going to have to teach me some swear words. <laughs> like, what the fuck is your problem? And if the whole world did that and stood up a little more to justice, you can take it too far. Trust me, the reason half the world is dickheads is because nobody stands up to them. I've done a test re recently on my Twitter. People talk shit like, oh, you rent your cars? I'm like, bitch, 100 grand fucking bet. Put your goddamn money where your mouth is. I'm happy. And I'll give it all to charity. You know what happens? People start shutting up. Most bully people, I have learned this. You know, I, I train with some of the best fighters in the world. I'm not one of the best fighters. But I like to train with them and be around them. Every one of them is quiet. The only dudes, for the most part, that are out at bars picking fights, they're not the best fighters. You mark my... I used to... Uh, I lived in Miami and I'm friends with the Nogueras and he was the heavyweight champion of the UFC pride and then Minotaur Nogueira. He's a beast. Six foot three, you know, he's one of the legends, Hall of Famers in UFC. I've been out to clubs with him. He's the jolliest guy in the world. He doesn't bully anybody. He just laughs and ah, you know, you look at his face and you're like, this dude been punched before. <laughs> but the point being, a lot of times people that are bullying or acting up like that, nobody's ever stood up to him. You know, so there's exceptions. There are a few psychopathic people I've been around that are good fighters and bully people, but for the most part, they're jolly old people. So whenever you get around somebody that's trying to pick, and, and they've proven this, for example, the type of men who assault women are, um, it's this type of psychopathy. It's very interesting. I read this book. Uh, it's a clinical discussion of people, and most of those psychopaths, they actually have an uncanny sense of finding the most vulnerable person in the room. Like they have, they've done bl double blind scientific studies over and over again that people who take advantage of people uh, that are like serial, you know, do it on a serial basis day after day, they don't do it to the strong, they do it to the weak. So if you strengthen yourself up a little bit, it will happen less to you. They'll, they'll move on to another target. It's a little bit like having a pit bull in your house. It doesn't guarantee, because a robber could come in and shoot your pit bull, but for the most part, robbers are looking for houses. They're going to skip to the next house. They're not going to go in yours. You put six Rottweilers in your house, 
six pit bulls, they're always picking. <laughs> they're not doing like the movies, throwing meat out with little pills in it. No, they're going down the street, somebody that has, you know, looks vulnerable. So be nice, but don't be vulnerable is what I'm saying. Um, and I'm not talking about emotional and relationships. I'm talking about to strangers. Be nice, but don't be a pushover. You stand your ground, be nice, start out firm, but nice. And then if it just keeps escalating, finally call them out. And uh, Adam Carolla, I was on his podcast, and he has the, if you haven't read Adam Carolla's books, he got the funniest book. He said, one thing will make your life better is keep a clever, uh, a, a uh, cleverly loaded fuck you in your vocal barrier sometimes. He said, sometimes people will just, you know, do something to him and he just quickly fires off and he's like, people like get shaken up. Like I said, you can take this too far. You can get in road rage, road rage incidents and all that stuff. You got to have half logic and half emotion. Don't get crazy like that that football dude just got shot for a road rage incident so don't take this video and and also my last thing my disclaimer don't get in other people's business too much trying to do justice for them just try to have justice in your own life i had a friend we still got nightclubs per month he would break up fights of random people we didn't know i'm like dude what are you doing that's the greatest way to die ever because you break up a fight between two guys they get mad and knock you out and I was like, do you know those guys? Do you know what it's about? He's like, no, it just didn't look right to me. I'm like, no, that's what the police are for and the bouncers. So don't start go getting all your friend's business and being like, oh, that guy's not treating you right. That if it's egregious cases of bullying, like you're in school and one kid's getting picked on every day in the locker room, that's different. That, that becomes your business. But don't jump in other people's business too much. It's a recipe. It's hard enough to clean your your own front porch. Don't try to clean everybody. You know. What? I was just gonna ask, do you still consider that guy oh, yeah. a friend or so Craig asked Craig said, do I still consider that friend a friend? Yeah, because everybody has a bad day. So the longer you've known the friend, you gotta give people a pass sometimes. That's why I said it's more just in the moment checking him, which is what I've been doing. And it works. All of a sudden, he's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because a lot of what it is, it's just the built-in narcissism every one of us is guilty of, I'm guilty of. We always think. There's actually, I forget the term in logic. There's a, a term for that where we always, well, I'll put it to you this way in plain English. My mom used to say this, actually. It was one of the best pieces of advice she used to tell me. People are always quick to forgive themselves and very nitpicky on you. So like the friend, if you wouldn't have gone to your friend when if they needed help moving, they would have been critical and like, how dare you not? But when they can't help you, they'll be like, well, I've been having a long week and da da da. People always excuse themselves. So sometimes you just gotta tell people, you can't be harder on me than you are on yourself. Let's call it even. Now, if you're super hard on yourself, then you can be hard on me. But you can't be easy on yourself. And for the same, for the very thing that I did to you, that I helped you with, you won't help me. No, that's not fair. So, that's my answer. You give people a chance. If they're family, you give them a longer chance. But at the end of the day, sometimes three strikes is out, just like baseball. <laughs> and the main thing I think to be nice about it is communicate. Because when you hold it in, then it's sometimes it's not fair because they didn't even realize they were doing something that offended you. You know, so I think you gotta talk it out about three times. So three different incidents, three, the third one, if you've talked it out clearly and they ignore you, 
then they've given you all the signals in the world that they don't care about you, so why do you want that person in your life? You want people in your life that act upon what's called reciprocal altruism. It, 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 the way, you know what the real wars in the world should be? And there was a Native American tribe centuries ago that used to do this. People should go to war with gifts. There was a tribes in the, in like what's in modern day Oregon and stuff, and they used to do these things called potlatches, where one chief would throw a huge party for his enemy, and then this chief would come and he'd make it huge. He'd give him like seven of his daughters. It was crazy back then. They'd have food to do to this, all a year's worth of meat and all this. Then this chief had to go back, and if he couldn't talk the guy, he lost the war. That's how war should be. That's what the Middle East versus, you know, these countries, America, all this conflict should be people. And that's how I think friendship should be. It should be, you're trying to do so much for your friend, and then he's like, shit, Ty just did so much for me. I'm going to one-up this guy. And it will be an escalation of competition, but wouldn't that be a nicer world? be a great world. I should make a damn movie about that called, forget pay it forward, I'm going to call it Escalate It Up or something like that. <laughs> and you just keep raising the bar, you know, on what's what's right. And, and it, that's what I said, it's for your friends. You have to have allies. And some people will tell you don't keep track of favors. That's bullshit. Uh, scientists have found over and over, your brain is a very cold calculating mathematical machine. If you get an imbalanced relationship with someone you're dating, friend, coworker, family, anybody, you can't help keeping track of it. So just forget it. Someone who tells you you shouldn't keep track of it is like someone telling you you shouldn't breathe. Just like, what are you talking about? You shouldn't breathe? Breathing is human. Keeping track. Now, I don't think you should micro do it. Like, but I, you know, one of my best friends, one of the reasons we became friends is we understood this right away. There was, the, he had a business partner. We all three became friends. We're still friends to this day. And Mike is one of the guys' names. He is the king of keeping track who paid at the last dinner. It's insane, and it's very healthy. I don't know if he writes it down. I don't know if he has an Excel spreadsheet, but I haven't seen him in like a year. When I see him and we go to dinner, he'll be like, my turn. You paid 18 months ago. I'm like, how do you remember that? He's like, I remember. And, it, and he's quick to be like, your turn, Ty. And you know what happens? No animosity, because there's always that one friend you go out to eat and they're always in the bathroom. <laughs> when the bill comes, they're like, I, you know, I, I drink a lot, man. I just did, I would have paid that bill. Eventually what you do with that friend is when he goes to the bathroom, you all leave. And you tell the waiter, oh, he'll be coming out of the bathroom to pay. Just wait for him. When he comes out, that waiter will be waiting right there. You guys are driving home. Hey, you, see, you can do it nice too. That's why I said, you don't always have to do it. Now, if your friend's broke, you know, maybe you say, one thing you can do with your friends who, who's broke, and this actually make a relationship better, just be like, I'm gonna pay for dinner this year. I know you don't have much money. Our average meal about a hundred bucks. One day, you're gonna pay me back $1,200. Or donate to charity on my behalf. It makes relationships better. Don't listen to overly moralistic people that see the world in black and white and say that's not true. It is. Like I said, even people who are super religious, I'm like, read your book. Read your Bible. Jesus Christ, when he thought it was unfair that the tax collectors were taking too much money from the poor people, he wasn't a pacifist. He went into the temple and threw everything away. And then somebody, he said to somebody, he said, the kingdom of God is taken by violence. Exact words. Look it up. 
Now you could say he was speaking figuratively, but that's not figurative. Freaking threw everything up in the air. Ruined these guys' businesses. I think there should be more. You know, some people think Malcolm X was not right in how he would. You know, Mal Malcolm X was violent. The Black Panther, Panthers were violent. And Martin Luther King Jr. was more of a pacifist. But no one knows. Maybe Martin Luther King Jr. and the Black Panthers contributed to a lot of the success uh, that Martin Luther King Jr. had and the whole civil rights movement. So you can't just say they weren't important. It's kind of like sun, uh, night and day. You need both. You need America, for example, in world affairs. We need to be peaceful and we need to do a lot of good stuff. But anyone who sees, says you don't need a military, I can tell you who you are. You're a country who's benefiting from our damn military. And a lot of countries in the world talk about, oh, you, you spend too much on military. I'm like, that's because we got to do it because you don't. Because trust me, there's bad people in the world at every point in history who will gladly invade Canada and Europe. And they ain't as likely to do it if the United States got a big enough military. So, I'm not a Donald Trump per se supporter or a Hillary supporter, but I am a logic supporter. One of the things I believe about this conversation is everything I've been talking about. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but not everybody's entitled to their own facts. <laughs> You're entitled to your own facts. I just gave you facts. You become a full peacemaker. Hitler almost take over, took over the world. He had basically conquered completely Western Europe. The only thing that kept him from conquering Eastern Europe was some mud. They went in too late. He basically took over the UK because the UK wasn't ready. They were on the English Channel. All his generals are like, let's invade, we'll take it. And Hitler was thought it was a trick. And on D-Day, Hitler overslept till 3 p.m. And none of his generals could react. And that is a bit... So we barely won World War II. We should have stepped in in 1939 when they invaded Poland and be like, nip this shit in the butt. You don't want your enemy lifting weights and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You want to crush it when it's small. And that's why I'm just giving you examples. I'm not making up opinions. I'm giving you facts over and over throughout history. People had to stand up. Look at civil rights. These people had to freaking get attacked by dogs, bit by dogs. Because they were doing the normal channels, they were going through the Congress, and it wasn't working. They, Gandhi was in India, you know, he had to go on health strikes and walk across India, and people died in riots and all this. You, you can't be afraid of a little bit of, of conflict. If you want the chance to enter into one of my free giveaways, here's all you have to do. Number one, subscribe to my podcast, and then secondly, leave an honest review of my podcast. What do you think of it? All right, I pick random reviewers to win either an iPhone 7, a GoPro Black, a MacBook Air, iPad, Kindle, and then I've been doing these uh, once a month free car giveaways, giving away a Mustang or Camaro to one random social media follower, podcast followers are entered into that too. So. You'll get your free chance to enter. Just leave an honest review and make sure you subscribe to my podcast. All right. I hope you win one of the giveaways. Talk to you soon. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or wherever it is you like to listen so that you don't miss out on any new episodes as they come out. <laughs>